0: Hey everyone, it's Marielle. And before we get to the show, I want to warn you. What you are about to hear contains explicit language, adult themes, and may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is strongly advised. Enjoy the show. Oh, this is Amanda. I didn't know we started. <laughs> yeah, no. Hey, we're here. We're winging it. It's Sunday. I have some unrelated to. Welcome to the Women of Death Row. Women of
1: Death Row. If
0: you're listening to this in the future, it might have a different name. Right. So if you're coming back from the future to the. <laughs> <laughs>
1: If you're coming back to the future, my story Marty, <laughs> my story today. Help me out here.
0: Might challenge the name, so. But I just want to say, god, I hope I'm doing better these first 60 seconds. I was enjoying some hard seltzer last <laughs> episode, but I was really like hardly buzzed and I wasn't that stoned, but I listened to it and I was like, "Why do I sound like I'm slurring?" And every time I laughed, it was like a whiz, Khalifa, like, <laughs> like, I, it was a weird giggle, and I was like, "Why am I?" I honestly like, didn't. I thought I get had that. good diction, but I'm like, Bleh. <laughs> "Really?" I, thought I didn't I sounded, get that. Oh, I thought I sounded from the recording. Sorry, also, this is the most embarrassing part. But when I mentioned Chrissy Teigen's "pussy ass bitch" tweet, I said that she called the president a "pussy ass bitch," and I meant. To address him formerly as the failed mail order, <laughs> meat slinger turned clown, prince of politics, <laughs> and groper in chief, Adolf Twitler. And that's my mistake. Uh, Fuck that guy, that bright orange, tiny handed hairball of fragility. Fuck him. I'm so sorry I didn't address <laughs> him appropriately. I'm really embarrassed. I, I listened, when I was listening to that part, I was like, ah, did I just say no. the president? No.
1: No. No. Good. I'm glad you caught yourself. because, yeah. God, that's so disrespectful to dress him as. I know. Shit. <laughs> oh, man. Well, when I was listening back to the episode, I realized that, you know, I didn't like the way I described borderline personality disorder. And I just need a disclaimer. Not everybody with borderline personality disorder is manipulative. Mm. Not everybody is like, what the fuck her name was? Uh
0: Kid. Okay. <laughs>
1: Krista Pike. Krista Pike. I wouldn't oh say my Kayla Pike. I can't ever. <laughs> Kayla <Hike. laughs> That would have been
0: even better. Krista Pike.
1: I mean, borderline personality disorder is just like any other mental illness. It has its, you know, exceptions and it has its rules, and it's all totally treatable, and one person does not define the rest of folks who but
0: you did say that the dsm is really just a billing code yeah so
1: it really is just a billing code i mean personality disorders i mean the reason they're so i don't know what the right word to describe you it really is. you really can't
0: it, put it in a box no you know
1: because you can't tell someone they have a disordered personality when it's that's just how they are
0: Right. Or, like, what if, like, the external factors of their life that are affecting them, like, trauma. Well, and that's where I was going to go. Stressful situations.
1: Like, Krista said she had a troubled childhood, and who knows what the fuck she went through. Like, who knows? I couldn't find anything that elaborated, but... Usually a person that gets diagnosed with something like that has an extensive, like, trauma history, and there's reasons for behavior, so. Yeah, and she
0: was, what, 1920? She was
1: 18, 19, yeah. Yeah, and
0: she was jealous. Mm-hmm. and Woo! Took it too far. <laughs> Shit. So that was that. Yeah, she took it too far. Dabbled in satanic rituals. I kind of have, like, a short death penalty sort of story mm-hmm. before the actual story. So should I read it before you go? Yeah, why not? Okay. So, this is from deathpenaltyinfo.org. So, an Alabama woman who may have been raped by guards has given birth after being impregnated in the Coosa County Jail while awaiting trial on capital murder charges. LaToni Daniel, an honorably discharged Army National Guard veteran who has been in pretrial custody without bail for more than 17 months, had been prescribed sedatives in the prison for a supposed seizure disorder, and the medication prolonged her sleep. She first learned she was pregnant in December 2018 after having been transferred to a new jail, and she gave birth to a baby boy in late May. Daniel's lawyer said Hmm. she has no memory of having sex while in jail. Daniel was prescribed sedatives for the first time after she was arrested. However, according to Daniel's brother, Terrell Ransaw, she never had any seizures before she went to jail. Oh my God, this is so crazy because a lawyer that represented her... Their name is Mickey McDermott. Oh. oh! Stick a pin in that name. A lawyer who is representing Daniel in a potential civil suit. She has no memory of having sex at all. So, what we're assuming, based on the information we have, is that some of the medication she was knocked out and someone assaulted her. She's reported she's a rape victim and no one is investigating. Under Alabama law, it is illegal for jail employees to have sex with prisoners, even if it is consensual. The father of the child is unknown. So she was transferred from Coosa County to Talladega County Jail in December. And Coosa County Sheriff and told Talladega officials to give her a pregnancy test. Talladega County Chief Deputy Joshua Tubbs told the appeal, which is like a news thing, Mm. lawyer news, (laughs) just what they (laughs) read on the toilet, strictly that Daniel had been moved as a result of an ongoing investigation, quote. In March, she requested bail so she could give birth and recover outside of the jail while awaiting trial, but a bail determination was not made before she gave birth. She had been indicted on capital murder charges in April 2018, and Alabama law requires judges to presume capital defendants guilty for the purposes of setting bail. In capital cases, the minimum bail is 50000 She says she was in a car when her boyfriend and co-defendant LaDaniel Tuck robbed and shot an elderly white man, 87-year-old Thomas Virgil Chandler. It is undisputed that she, who court records describe as an alleged getaway driver, did not kill anyone. And she maintains that she did not know Tuck intended to kill Thomas Virgil Chandler. Hmm. Alabama allows death sentences for accomplices in murder cases that also involve robbery, kidnapping, rape, or burglary. John Taylor, the defense attorney in the criminal case, told the appeal once again that he found it somewhat surprising that it came out of the grand jury as capital murder, and even more surprising, they're going after the death penalty. There's nothing in my mind that says she should qualify for the death penalty. I believe it was unknowing conduct, and I believe she was acting under duress.
1: The charges. I
0: heard about this. Actually, I really recently. Yeah. God, I didn't. That's why I was like, I need to put this in here. I've never fucking heard of this. Holy shit! So, because of the declining use of the death penalty in Alabama, that's her sentence was out of the ordinary. Alabama imposed three death sentences in 2018, down from a peak of 25 in 1998. Coosa County prosecutors have sought only one death sen- sentence in the last five years, and the defendant in that case was not sentenced to death. Alabama has executed 18 African-American prisoners for killing white victims, and only one white prisoner for killing an African-American victim, and both Daniel and Tuck. So she's pregnant. Latoni and her whatever boyfriend. No, she already gave birth to oh, the Oh, she baby. already gave birth. Yeah. and I don't know. I didn't look any thing else up but her name is latoni daniel l-a-t-o-n-i daniel daniel so there's definitely some racial bias and discrimination Mm -hmm. and bullshit and smelly something stinky i hate don't like it about that case
1: yeah there's something really there's a strange nuance there yeah
0: and she was in the military honorably discharged like i looked at photos of her and i'm like What the fuck? Like, she does not look like someone who would knowingly go with someone to kill an old guy. Like, So, Hmm. hmm, that's that's what I had. Food for thought. Oh my goodness. I'm going to need to make some tea. I'm already winded. (laughs) Shall we do this thing? Let's do it. All right.
1: This week, I will be sharing the story of Mildred Fish Harnack. The only American woman executed under the direct order of Hitler.
0: Mm. (laughs) My mouth was full of water.
1: I couldn't react. (gasps) Yep. Buckle
0: up. Okay. You told me yesterday that you were going to Google a specific phrase Uh to find. So what I Googled was
1: women on death row, American women on death row in other countries. Because I was like... You know, we're going to run out of, like, women on death row in the United States soon. But...
0: Hopefully. Hopefully everyone gets
1: off. um, Right. Of death row. Hopefully.
0: Stay in prison, maybe, if you
1: kill someone. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Maybe there's American women on death row in other countries. Like Amanda Knox? Yeah. Broke Down Palace. Yes! Where she took, absorbed her friend's sentence and... I watched that movie so much, and I didn't understand it until, like, my 20s. I know. 20s. <laughs> right? It still cut
0: you deep, though. It was mm-hmm. just terrifying. I remember feeling that. And I think yeah. that was the first movie that made me, like, really, in my gut, be like... <gasps> it wasn't, like, a horror movie. It's fear. It was, like, this psychological. Mm-hmm. This is fucked up. There's corruption in the world. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Yeah. It's f- And it was two white girls, so yes. it was, like...
1: Who had drugs planted on them yeah. in the airport, <sighs> trying to go home from their vacation. Ugh. So, oh,
0: shit, so yeah. And that's based on a true story, right? <laughs> All right, bye, Chico. <laughs> I think so. I can't remember right I can't remember either. With Claire Danes like and, uh,
1: what's her name? Um, Kate Beckinsale? Yeah, Kate Beckinsale.
0: <sighs> I'm going to need to watch that Such again. Such a great movie. Speaking of Claire Danes, you know what I watched what? The other night, because I was like, I need to watch something I've seen before, but I can fall asleep. Oh, God. My so called oh life. Oh, what?
1: I don't think I've seen that.
0: Really? It came out in the 90s. It was a one season, like on ABC. Didn't was it you... good? It was like so, so horrible. Bad. It's good. It's like so 90s, like cheesy. The characters, the drama. Oh, God. I'm going to have to watch uh, this. My so called yeah, life. I've Hulu. heard of it. But of course, it's like, Only made it to one season. And so it's, like, the first season, everyone's, (laughs) like, just horrible. And then you're supposed to see, like, characters develop. Develop. I assume it's, you know. Maybe. But Jared Leto's in it. It's his, like, first... Jared Leto, recently,
1: yeah. I saw on Instagram that he was dressed in all white, but it was like like a Jesus.
0: Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. And the about. pants
1: were Gucci, and he said, everyone lay down on your back. And he was just like, everyone was laying down. I said, this is weird. He... His pseudo-intellect and religious yeah. spirituality bullshit is
0: gross. gross. So. It's all probably about his dick. <laughs> Wasn't there a rumor that... He probably paid some like famous actress just to start a rumor that he had a big dick. Someone did that. I oh, don't know. Was it Jared Leto? I don't know. I don't know either. But shit,
1: how did we get I here? Don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> broke down palace.
0: Claire Danes. Claire Danes my so-called, my so-called life. life.
1: Jared Leto. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so Mildred Fish Harnack was born in Milwaukee in
0: 1902. It's
1: Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> Milwaukee, Wisconsin. She goes by Millie, youngest of four kids, and she was adored by her family and pretty much everyone else. Millie's family is poor, and they moved a lot due to not – they didn't have the means to keep up with rent. Rent is theft, by the way. Mm. So I'm to throw that out there. So Millie's dad, he changed jobs a lot, and every new job he got paid less than the other one. And then eventually he estranged from his family and then passed away when Millie was a teenager. Millie and her family then moved somewhere in Maryland. And then grew up near Sauerkraut Boulevard. Sauerkraut. (laughs) And this area. See, this is where the history gets really weird, because it was like 1900. I think she was still in Wisconsin at this point. Wisconsin. Wisconsin had a large German population. I thought you were going to say cheese. (laughs) Uh. Millie excelled in school... She was active in a lot of extracurricular activities, including a club called Athena, which was dedicated for advocating for quote-unquote women's issues. Mm. She always had a lot on her plate, involved in a lot of different clubs, sports, that type of stuff. Very much an intellectual. Her best friend, Grace, described Millie as her soulmate. Grace was like, I think I was the first Jewish person Millie knew. And Millie and Grace shared a love for writing, and they wrote together, and they never wrote anything without reading each other's stuff. So, it's cute. So she graduated high school in 1919, attended George Washington University for a couple years. And then she moved back to Wisconsin and finished at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. That's what it's called now. And she studied English. 1926, she was in grad school and was studying both studying and working as a lecturer for German literature. And apparently everyone knew who she was. And she was kind of known for her radical ideas. I like her. Just wait. When I was reading this, I was like, oh, God. So during her time as a lecturer at the university, she met Arvid Harnack. And the story goes that he accidentally walked into her classroom, and then they immediately hit it off. Uh, It's like, why the fuck? That doesn't fucking happen. (laughs) So while they were dating, Millie helped Arvid improve his English, and Arvid helps Millie improve reading, writing, and speaking German. So he was at the university from Germany as a Rockefeller fellow studying at the university. And then she graduated in 1925 with a BA in English and then graduated with her master's of arts in English in 1926. And then they married later that year. So following their marriage in 1929, they settled in Germany where they gathered a group of artists, writers, and academics and government officials And then after 1933, this quote-unquote literary salon became a network of resistors. So in 1940, Arvid established contacts with the Soviet intelligence. Oh. Yep. So going back a little bit to 1930, Millie moved to Berlin to be closer to Arvid because she was somewhere else doing some teaching, but she moved to the same city. She studied at the University of Berlin on a fellowship and was an assistant lecturer and translator. With a lot of, like, German literature and American literature, that type of stuff. She was one of the first Americans on a faculty that included Albert Einstein. Whoa. Yeah. Millie was also involved in a lot of clubs and activities, such as American Student Association. She was president of the American Women's Club and was secretary of the Berlin chapter of the Daughters of the American Revolution, (gasps) which just makes me think, (laughs) more Girls. (laughs) (laughs) And she was also part of the American church. Unfortunately, 15 months later, she was fired from the Hughes University for not being quote-unquote Nazi enough. Oh, God. So Millie, you know, was highly educated, informed, well-known, and was well-known for being a little radical, too. Fuck yeah. So while Millie and Arvid were living in Berlin, they hated the rise of Hitler and Nazis, of course. They became interested in Soviet Union and communism. And after she toured the Soviet Union with Arvid and other leading academics, her interest grew. And Arvid and Millie joined a small Nazi resistance group due to that rise of I wrote of Hitler and Nazis. <laughs> and yeah, that was all after they toured the Soviet Union. Oh shit! So
0: in 1933,
1: right before World War II, was that before, or did World War II in
0: 1932? Please don't ask. Me I
1: don't know. <laughs> So, Millie started (laughs) teaching English at an evening secondary school in Berlin. You know, while she was teaching, Millie discussed sometimes economic and political ideas from the U.S. and Soviet Union with her students. She joined the National Socialist Teachers Organization, which is a union, which, you know, was mandatory for teachers to do at the time. Yeah. So, Arvid and Millie's small Nazi-resistant group published an underground newsletter, and shared economic information to the U.S. and Soviet embassies in Berlin. Oh my God! So after Germany invaded Russia, the group transmitted military intelligence to Moscow, okay. Moscow, Moscow, mm. via I don't know, <laughs> via radio quote unquote concerts, which prompted the Gestapo to start calling their group the Red Orchestra. Yeah. That's <laughs> So, the Red Orchestra. Oh so, after Hitler's rise to power, the couple had founded an underground group that helped imperial Jews, assisted forced laborers, documented and archived Nazi acts of violence, especially in occupied areas of the East, oh and distributed anti Hitler pamphlets. Oh my God. Um, so, like some really cool stuff. So, this is all in quotes because I literally just copy and pasted this part because I don't think I could have written it <laughs> any better. <laughs> So, together with her husband Arvid, the writer Adam Kukov and his wife Greta, Millie brought together a discussion circle which debated political perspectives on the time after the National Socialists' expected downfall or overthrow. From these greet meetings arose what the Gestapo called the Red Orchestra, resistance group. So, in 1940 to 1941, the group was in contact with Soviet agents trying to thwart the forthcoming German attack upon the Soviet Union. Millie even sent the Soviets information about the forthcoming Operation Barbarossa.
0: Damn, Millie.
1: Yep. Meanwhile, Millie was making contact with people who were against the Nazi regime, recruiting some of the resistance and serving as a go-between for her husband, other members of the Red Orchestra, and Soviet agents. Oh, my God. So Millie was busy. And she she was still teaching. And stuff like that. Oh, my God. Uh Uh-huh. So.
0: Without speed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, who knows? Maybe it I probably mean, was in the coffee. Oh, that's right. They had It was Coke 1942. The Pepsi or the mm-hmm. cola. Wow, I said Coke and the Pepsi. Not an ad. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. In 1942,
1: the decryption department of the O Beer Commando, de here, I don't know. <laughs> they <Found it> <laughs> uh, Anyway, the this decryption department ended up decoding the Red Orchestra's radio messages. And on September 7th, 1942, Millie and Arvid were arrested while in a weekend getaway. Both were charged with espionage. The arresting document says, arrested with her husband, Arvid Harnack, and his Soviet intelligence Network and recruited agents and informants for the group.
0: Oh my god. So this is the document. That
1: was the arresting document.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. She looks like a fucking... Mm- badass. She yep. looks like she's getting shit done.
1: Yep. So she was a... Yes. So, Arvid was sentenced to death on December 19th after a four-day trial held by the Reich Military Tribunal. Jesus. And was put to death three days later oh at the God. prison in Berlin that I cannot pronounce. <laughs> yeah, I can't pronounce that. I know, I know no, but I'm not... Sorry. Oh, poor thing. She sorry, I blacked read. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> yeah, he was executed. Um, so, Millie was initially ordered six years of hard labor in prison, but Hitler refused to endorse that sentence and ordered a new trial. So, the new trial ended on February 16th, 1943, with a death sentence via guillotine for Millie. Oh, whoa. Yep. Millie was executed via guillotine that same day. Holy shit. Yep. Millie's last words were, I love Germany so much as well. Ah, you know? oh. so Mildred Fish Harnack was the only American woman executed on the orders of Hitler. And after her execution, Millie and Arvids and their colleagues' bodies were released to Humboldt University's anatomy professor. Millie's body was going to be used for research on the effects of stress, such as waiting and execution, and what that impact is on the menstrual cycle. Whoa. And after he was finished with his research, the remainder of her body was released to her friend, and her remains are laid in Berlin's Zeldorf Cemetery, and she's the only member of the Red Orchestra whose burial site is known. Holy shit! And that's the story of Mildred Fish Harnack. Okay, she's an American Why Didn't what about diplomacy? So like... I so the Geneva Conference uh-huh. um,
0: at that time. I don't. Yeah, that's right. There's something a lot about of weird the Geneva ship. Yeah, and stuff going on. It was real messy.
1: Yeah, so foreign nationals. Then. Oh
0: my god.
1: So, I found this. Some of those on death row in the United States are citizens of other countries. Most nations of the world, including U.S., are parties of a treaty, the Vienna Convention on Consular Relations, governing the treatment of one-nation citizens when they are arrested in another country that is a party to the treaty. Among other protections, the treaty requires that the arresting authorities inform all foreign detainees Without delay of their right to have their consulate promptly notified of their arrest so that legal aid and other forms of assistance can be provided. So, the US has not always abided by the provisions of this treaty, particularly when the foreign national is being held by the state authorities. But this was in Germany in 1940, 1942. Mm, not so, a good time. not a good time. Hitler didn't give a fuck. No. She was getting in the way and. He wanted her to die. Jesus so.
0: Christ. And the fact that, like, they gave Arvid three days and mm-hmm. his murder was not as or execution, whatever. Yeah,
1: he was hanged mm-hmm. by a foot-long rope, so it would be a little longer before he died.
0: Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Hitler was like, you, mm-hmm. the same day. Let's yeah guillotine. By guillotine. <gasps> oh.
1: Yep. So she was in a... American woman executed in
0: Germany Fucking Nazi Germany Nazi Germany. Nazi Germany at Shit. Hitler's request so she's a badass that was good that was a good one that's I'm gonna go in a rabbit
1: hole later yeah so my resources came from if I didn't read it I think I did Wikipedia Wisconsin public PBS Wisconsin and the New York Times and Wisconsin PBS has a whole hour-long documentary about it, and it goes into a lot of detail, so.
0: Okay, well, let's take a break, because I need some tea time. before my book cords. Breaking news. <laughs> Airlines fucking us again. I just caught wind that you should not drink coffee or water on airplanes. Or tea. Right, or tea. <gasps> they said don't even wash your hands. Like, it's apparently that bad. Like, use hand sanitizer, which thank god I always have hand sanitizer. I just oh, I out. carry wet ones, hand
1: sanitizer, my own water. I wish you could carry your own water. Can you carry? No, I guess you could buy mm, bottled water in the yeah, terminal. Yeah, yeah. So fucking expensive, though. Man. I hate flying.
0: Oh, I know. I'm just like, let me drink my fucking filtered water real quick. I don't know why. I already, like, my voice feels tired. I'm going to say it with my chest. Alrighty. Alrighty then. So let me tell you about the case of Sabrina Butler. Sabrina Butler. This one's going to have a little twist and turn, sort of. But, I mean, honestly, it's predictable because of the, quote, justice system we have. So Sabrina Butler was 17 years old and living in Columbus, Mississippi in 1989. On the night of April 11th, she went to check on her beautiful nine-month-old son Walter and noticed he wasn't breathing. She scooped him up then frantically rushed to the neighbor next door who could not help Sabrina or Walter. Sabrina ran downstairs where another girl took her baby and started CPR then advised Sabrina what to do. Sabrina performed CPR all the way to the hospital. The CPR left bruises on his chest. At the hospital, the doctors said they'd done all they could, and they attempted to resuscitate him for thirty minutes, but failed and He died the next day nine one old. poor baby the very day of her baby, Walter's death, Sabrina was arrested for child abuse due to the bruises left by her resuscitation attempts, right wow. She went down to the police station as she had been asked to do, and when Sabrina got there, a detective yelled at her, you know you killed your baby, you stepped on him with your feet and you smashed him on the floor, you killed him. What a piece of shit. Yeah. Cops suck. Sabrina, just 17, and it was, yeah, in particular, just... This one guy in particular sucks. So, she was 17 and mourning the loss of her baby. She was alone with no lawyer or parent present during mm. the interrogation where detectives are accusing her of murdering her baby, Walter. And poor thing. Probably doesn't know her rights. Yeah. I mean, shit is They're 19, taking advantage yeah. of her.
1: They're racist I mean, assholes. that's scary.
0: I don't even know how it's I terrifying. would be if I was being interrogated by the police. I'm honestly terrified of it. Mm-hmm. Like... I would be like, I am not going to say anything to you, and you're just going to yell at me yeah, and then accuse me of shit until you wear me down. It's like, can't you just get up and walk out? Can you do that? If you're not going to talk, I can you just so. be like, peace?
1: So gonna, I don't know.
0: I feel like just say, I, um, I want a lawyer. I'm going to leave. Then they can't talk to you. Yeah. Well, they'll st- keep trying. Not if you lawyer up. They can't talk to you if you lawyer up. What if, like, you're still waiting to be appointed an attorney and they still be, like, poking you and prodding you? Mm, don't they do that oh i don't think so i don't think they can oh well then i would immediately lawyer (laughs) lawyer i would scream that as (laughs) attorney lawyer (laughs) anyway all right so she told him she was trying to save her baby and the detective wrote down what she said and crumpled the paper then threw it in the trash he is just a particular piece of fucking shit he was incredibly aggressive and deliberately trying to break sabrina down for three hours yelling accusations at her No matter what she said, he screamed over and over that she killed her baby. She describes how she was coerced into signing a false confession. She says, I was a teenager who less than 24 hours before had lost my precious baby boy. Ambitious men questioned, demoralized, and intimidated me. In that state of mind, I signed the lies they wrote on a piece of paper. I signed my name in tiny letters in the margin to show some form of resistance to the power they had over me. (sighs) Terrified and alone, she was arrested and put in jail. Sabrina was not allowed to attend Baby Walter's funeral. Oh my God. Yeah. So, Sabrina Butler's murder trial commenced on March 8th, 1990. At the hearing, prosecutors sought to prove that Sabrina's account of the events leading to her son's death were false. Accusing Sabrina of inflicting fatal wounds, intentionally claiming that Sabrina killed the baby with a blow to the stomach. And according to the defense, Sabrina was borderline mentally and then an R word that we don't use. Oh my god. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, they called her a borderline mental bleep. My good They didn't give a shit about her. Um, Or her baby. Right. So she's borderly whatever the fuck and discovered the child not breathing and then after attempting to resuscitate him, took him to a hospital emergency room. Walter was pronounced dead on arrival. Mm -hmm. Sabrina Butler did not testify at her trial. A nearly all-white jury, shocking, found her guilty and the state charged and convicted Sabrina Butler of child abuse and murder, which is a capital offense. Wow. She was sentenced to die by lethal injection. Even though she was a teenager, she became the only woman on Mississippi's death row in 1990. As a death row prisoner, Sabrina was alone in a cell for 23 hours a day. She said it was a good thing because the other woman could have had access to her, and Sabrina thought they would have killed her because they believed she deserved to die. It's like, shit, that's true. That's like, true. You would be going in there as a, quote, baby killer. hmm Gosh. <sighs> So following her conviction, Sabrina filed an appeal with the Supreme Court of Mississippi on several bases. Defense attorneys contend that the child's injuries were caused by Sabrina's attempts to resuscitate him. The Mississippi Supreme Court overturned Sabrina Butler's conviction and death sentence on August 26, 1992. I always say 1992 is the best year. <laughs> <laughs> You're not biased. <laughs> no. It's a fact right here. <laughs> the court said that the prosecution had failed to prove that the incident was anything more than an accident. Thank God. Yes. Fuck. Goodness. Let's feel good for like five Fuck seconds. goodness. Fuck goodness. <laughs> In 1995, Sabrina Butler's case went to a retrial. By this time, more evidence emerged about how Sabrina did not murder her son. At the trial, one of Sabrina's neighbors had come forward with evidence that corroborated her account that the injuries to her son occurred during an unsuccessful attempt to administer CPR. Also the medical examiner changed his opinion about Walter's cause of death, which he now believed occurred due to cystic kidney disease or possibly SIDS. Sudden infant death syndrome for anyone. Which is pretty common still. Yeah. Oh, it's terrifying. And they still don't know why. Mm -mm. On December 17th, 1995, at the age of 25, Sabrina was acquitted and exonerated. So then three years later. So So, Jesus.
1: Was she in jail that whole time?
0: All right, here we go. When Sabrina was acquitted of murder, she had spent more than five years in prison and 33 months on death row. (sighs) She is still the only woman in the United States exonerated after being sentenced to death row. Yeah. -hmm. Now living in the same Mississippi town in which she was convicted... She's remarried and is raising three children, still dealing with the psychological effects of her experience, navigating systemic barriers for a convict. Like, even mm-hmm. after exoneration, it's still going to be on her record, record and, I mean, her reputation. But despite all this, she hopes to become a criminal investigator. She published a book in 2012 entitled Exonerated, the Sabrina Butler story. She is also a storyteller and a collection of stories entitled. Pruno, Ramen, and a Sight of Hope, Stories of Surviving Wrongful Conviction. Oh, my gosh. I bet that's amazing. I know. So it's not rare for innocent people to be convicted and sentenced to death. Which is Mm -hmm. why I'm opposed to the death penalty because there has to be zero reasonable doubt. Like, yeah, there are monsters in this world, but fucking just throw them away, dig a hole, and just put them in it with a lamp and a hole to shit in. Like, fuck. It's not that we, like Ted Bundy,
1: don't think some people should die. It's just that the chances of someone being executed as innocent are greater than,
0: yeah, exactly, than not, yeah. Uh, Since 1973, 144 people have been exonerated and freed from death row in the U.S. Sabrina's provides support 143, through 143. Sorry, 144. 100, oh my gosh, yeah, and that's so they sentenced
1: you to death, and then oh wait, actually, you didn't do it, but oh man, we almost killed you, god.
0: And on death row, you're in a cell twenty three hours a day. It's not by like, yourself. It's not like prison where you get like yard time and interact with other mm-hmm. inmates. It, and, it's like a de- treated It's more literally human. a death sentence. Like yeah. you're dying from day one. Yeah. Sabrina provides support through her job at Witness to Innocence, a nonprofit organization that helps people who have been exonerated from death row and their loved ones. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I'm glad. It's so sad that her baby died. I'm glad that, I mean, seven years. Like, the agony of losing a child and then the agony of going through all of that? I can't, I cannot imagine that at all. And just being completely alone. Not alone. It's just like, okay, fine, just kill me then.
1: (laughs) Right. Gosh, I cannot believe. Uh, I can believe, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, totally. (laughs) That's so sad. I know, that's kind of why I chose this case, Is I'm like, this is someone who was clearly innocent, and look how easily they almost threw her away Mm -hmm. and put her to death. Poor Walter.
1: Um, It was an accident. Like, literally, no one knows how he... She tried
0: everything. Yeah,
1: and she was 17. Mm. They took advantage of her.
0: So, uh... Good stories. Yeah, that was intense. I'm definitely going to be looking into Millie, yeah. Millie Harnack. So, do you have anything... I was trying to think. I really didn't do shit
1: this weekend. I mean, like, I didn't... We went to a four-year-old's birthday party. Oh, we went to a four-year-old's birthday party, but that was really the only planned thing I had, and it was really nice.
0: Tea and yoga are my things that I've been... Oh, tea and yoga? Oh, my God. I haven't drank coffee in, like, over a month now. I've just been drinking tea, Mm -hmm. and I just started doing yoga a couple... now I'm going to talk about the chiropractor it oh, just popped in my head. Oh, shit. The reason I really started doing yoga, other than I've been telling myself I'm going to get back into it for fucking over a year now, and I haven't. I have fucked up limbs and joints and everything. I don't know. When I was in second grade, I faked that my left ankle was always broken and, like, walked with a limp. I'm sure that didn't help my <laughs> development. That was purely for attention. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Like positive attention. Yeah. I don't know why that's how I did it, though. I don't know. But hey. And then I walked with a cane <laughs> for like a couple of days. But, anyways, shit. So, my left ankle and my both my knees had been acting up. And I know that's from lifting weights and stuff. So, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to a chiropractor because I can barely get out of bed, like, get hurt that bad. It was, like, my lower back and my hip were fucking me up. And then my ankle and my knees, it was, like, I could not walk. Like, after doing stuff around the house, or a workout, it was, like, I could not walk without, like, sharp pain in my knees. So, anyways, my (laughs) sob story. But So I went to a (laughs) chiropractor, who this chiropractor (laughs) building has been just a couple houses down, literally from my (gasps) house for years. Oh. And I can, like, literally walk there. I could probably spit on the building from my bedroom (laughs) window. And so I went in there. I was expecting it to be, like, some probably older dude or older woman or just anyone unattractive that Mm -hmm. was going to manipulate and adjust my bones. But this is not me advocating for chiropractors either. Like, Google it before you do anything. Yeah. Inform Um, yourself. Yeah. Which I did not fully inform myself, but anyways, (laughs) it was worth it, because when that fucking chiropractor walked through the door, he was so just, like, he commanded attention with just that... I'm trying to think of a... Your mind is blown right now. I'm trying to think of an actor, because he's really not even that hot, it was just, like is just something
1: yeah
0: he looks like a fucking like if he were in a movie he would be playing like a fucking uh spartan or something (laughs) like he would be in like a fucking like battle scene or something was he a little weird no not at all he's totally normal regular person but this is just how i was picturing (laughs) this is my brain (laughs) spartan of chiropractor (laughs) because he's got like kind of like long brown hair that he put up and you know Mm -hmm. whatever did guys do with their hair and he was just like really tall and obviously like lifts weights and stuff like he wasn't like cut but it's like Mm -hmm. he's strong and very big and honestly i was like shit he's gonna break me me yeah i don't know if it was like fear and excitement when he walked in the door (laughs) Like, Like, oh shit so i was literally like stuttering as I do. But he adjusted my bones. And Can you walk now? Yeah, but. So right after that, I started Googling. Now I start Googling. And I was like, can I work out after the chiropractor? And it was like, yeah, you should stay active, but make sure you don't do things that are going to, like, fuck you up because you're kind of loosened up right now. And if you don't want your bones to, like, go right back to being fucked up. So be active, but, you know, be more careful. So I was like, I'm going to do some yoga. And... I did, and then I did the other stuff around the house so I do, and then suddenly I was like almost blind. My vision was blurry. My right eye, I was literally looking in the mirror and I was like, okay, I went <laughs> to every mirror and I couldn't see my facial features. It was so scary. So fucking scary. Yeah. I know you Googled it. Yeah, I'm fine now, so we can laugh about it. <laughs> but but am I? Because dude, my vision's been like on a good in I don't know. But I googled it afterwards, and they're like, yeah, be careful <laughs> with those neck adjustments, like because it there's something about a something just straight from your whatever your spinal cord something to a nerve in your, your cerv- eyes, your um optical nerve. Yeah, probably. So yeah, I'm like literally looking at myself in every mirror, and I'm like what the fuck? And I'm like wiping it. None of the mirrors are smudged. (laughs) It's the mirror. I'm like looking at all the animals and I'm like, oh my God. I like, I was like, is there like a cotton ball in my eye? Like it was like something blocking my vision. And then it kind of started going away. And then I woke up the next day and I forgot it happened. I was like, oh, all right. I have vision. But you didn't like go to the hospital or call 911? I almost went to the ER until I, I read that it's like, normal um, and like just chill how'd you minute. read it <laughs> right that's a good question <laughs> so after a little bit i was like able to like i this is why i thought it was like cotton box. it was kind of like I was, like, just blinking a lot. I put so many eye drops in my eyes. So I could read my screen. I had to, like, put the brightness all the way up and hold it, like, really oh, no. close. You had cataracts. But seriously. I read that it's, like, yeah, it's pretty normal. Because I was about to fucking, like, go to that goddamn emergency oh, urgent yeah. care down there and be like, I can't see it. You walk there <laughs> like this. I know. I was like, I can't drive there. I gonna have to Uber there. But. <laughs> oh no. Mm-hmm. You walking out to the Uber. The Uber driver has to walk you in the hospital. <laughs> wow, that sounds like it was scary though. Part of me is holding me back, and then I tell because I'm going to sound so stupid. But can you guess <laughs> what I did a few days later? What'd you do? You went back to the chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> and I was gonna tell him i was like i need to tell him not to do my neck because <laughs> you need to do your neck <laughs> but when he even i was like checking in and there's even a box to like and i was like oh I'll just tell him in there he even fucking straight up was like anything before how'd everything go last time and i just <laughs> fucking froze I was like great not well i didn't say a word i just couldn't it was like i couldn't speak and i'm like all right touch me <laughs> I was, And then I walked out of there, and I was like, you know what? I don't need a boyfriend. I just got to go to get a massage or a chiropractor adjustment from, like, a decent-looking guy, have a little banter, <laughs> oh, and I'm good. I feel totally satisfied right now. I don't need to have sex. This makes you go blind, though. <laughs> yeah, so then I was like, yeah, just a massage, but Paul, who gives me my massages, is not attractive, Aww. and he's also not into women, so... That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I didn't go back. I've just been doing yoga, and it has been making me feel so much better. Oh, it's even helping, like, with my train of thought and how, like... I have a large vocabulary, and everything's just floating around in my head, and my brain's kind of atrophied, so maybe it's not so large as I think it once was. But... I think you might have told me this when I mean, you have so many thoughts going on at once and you, then you can't even get one out oh, yeah. like right now, mm-hmm. I'm like stuttering, mm-hmm. but the yoga has helped. So this is an improvement. Oh, good. This is me
1: improved speaking. It help- helping your limbic system. Yes, and like
0: remembering to breathe. Cause mm-hmm. like, I'll just like realize I've like been holding my breath mm-hmm. for long periods of time.
1: And I'm like, what right? the fuck? <laughs> and then you try and hold your breath like for a contest and you can't do yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Like, I know I just need to time. be like panicking or angry or sad about mm-hmm. something or nothing, just or nothing, driving, just driving. mindlessly, Mind just not driving. driving. So, Shit. yoga and tea,
1: yoga and tea, but not the chiropractor. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe, maybe
0: <laughs> don't go to pseudo doctors, <laughs> maybe go to see a pseudo specialist. So, You'll see someone now that I have my new insurance here in a month when it's finally active. I am going to go to whatever doctors with your musculoskeletal, everything. Get checked out. Getting my whole body tip to tail. You can
1: go get a massage from Fanny. Did I tell you about Fanny?
0: Well, no. But tell me about Fanny as I look up the actual massage service that is at this place. And I have my... No, Fanny's like, just a girl. Fanny. Like, did we not talk about this before? I don't think so. Once you tell me, it's probably going to ring. Well, it's at her
1: house, and I got there before her and her partner set up the table. I was thinking, like, this house is really familiar, and it was definitely an old frat house. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I was like, I've partied in this house.
0: All right, so the first time I looked at this, he was definitely hotter, but that's not bad. A massage from him? I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take it. And this, that's one where I'm like, please don't fart. Okay, this is the chiropractor, but you see what I mean. He oh, looks yeah. like he'd be carrying a shield and a sword. He's just really like he's not. <laughs> How everything go last time? Great, <laughs> amazing. <sighs> <laughs> I'm trying to think so I'm of an any... idiot sometimes. You're learning yeah. the human experience. Um, Had you gone to a chiropractor before? Yeah, he did more of like a sports. He was married though. He needed to keep his hands. He did not Just it was more. I don't know. It's just me being lonely and <laughs> a man in my presence.
1: It's that right? wasn't on TV, right? That's like me and my gym crushes.
0: <laughs> ah. Hmm. <laughs> I can't be like that at the gym. I'm the most paranoid fucking person. I can't. I scan like. like that at the oh. gym, and so I'm
1: like, I oh, hope he doesn't think I'm looking at him too much. I yeah, I really hope I'm not looking like a creeper. Yeah, when everyone else is the creeper. No, but I don't think I would ever talk to anybody at the gym because it's
0: like if it's it doesn't so work invasive. Out. And it's like I would hate someone to come up to me at the mm-hmm. gym, so I don't do it to other people. Yeah. Like I literally, anyone even looks like they're about to talk to me and I probably look like I'm about to smack your face off (laughs) because their approach people have once they actually get my attention and I know that that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're kind of like, oh, can I get this? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Why can't I
1: have that attitude everywhere? Get it. Yeah. Are you still using those? Yes. I'm still using them. (laughs) Did you dye your hair recently? What? Yeah. I had a guy come up to me and ask me that. Well, I was working out. I was like, really? Did you dye your hair recently? What it color was, was it
0: before? Weird, strange man. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you about the guy who came up to me and acknowledged that he's a pervert? Yeah. I was probably <laughs> warming up on a mat, and then he was doing, like, the, and the poles... For oh. chest flies, but with oh. the wire, the cables. I swear I know what I'm doing in the gym. I just can't name <laughs> shit. The <laughs> thingy. He was doing that, and then he, like, and he was an older white dude. And then Was he, he comes the guy up- that wears Keens? I don't know what those are. Oh. Are those the shoe things? He had a hat on. Oh, I don't know. He came up. And I don't remember exactly what he said. I just remember the really weird thing he said. But it was basically something like I've been watching you work out and I'm probably a pervert, but you look amazing. Wow. And I literally just took a picture of him and he like just turned around and like then just like awkwardly (laughs) went away. (laughs) (laughs) Snap. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is
1: disgusting. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Wow. Men suck. Man. And if you come at us with a not all men, you are one of them. (laughs)
0: Just go ahead. It wasn't originally about you, but now it is because you just had to take it personal, right? So now it is about you. So it's not all men, but it is you. But it is you now. (laughs) So fuck you. Fuck you. Um, I feel like we shouldn't end on a fuck you. Ooh. I'm Thank hungry. you for listening. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this, please rate us, leave a review. subscribe. Um, yeah, subscribe for sure. Tell your friends. This will be on all it. platforms. Right? Yeah. We have a website, social media, and it'll be anywhere you can listen to podcasts. You can press that little purple button on your iPhone. It has a use and it's amazing yep. once you discover it. Yep. Uh like, it's kinda ding! like that G spot, but it's yep. on your phone. oh my on god, girls! I need to figure something out. <laughs> You're not going back to the chiropractor, though. <laughs> no. Alrighty, uh, thank you. Enjoy yourself. Take care of yourself. Cry on the clock. Cry and poop on the clock, mm-hmm. girl. Even if you don't have to poop, there it's not go. their business. You poop on paid time. Mm-hmm. You save those poops for work. Yep. Oh yeah. And take your time. Be kind. Rewind. Maybe read The Appeal magazine if you're interested. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Okay, goodbye. Bye!